I tried to make this a 27 second show because I feel like that's all we really need to talk about. But apparently wouldn't take that. This is our second attempt. We tried to lay out the show. Justin asked me, what is your view today? What should we add? Do you have any topics you want to talk about? And my response, depression, just depression. We're going to get into the good, the bad, and the mostly ugly on today's episode of Lockdown Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, everyone. That's Justin. I'm Jeff. This is Lockdown Guardians, where Ahmed Rosario swung at one pitch in the fouls in the in the strike zone and managed to strike out on seven pitches with the bases loaded. Because that's how the way things work right now are. I am uh, I'm a little frustrated. Um, very fr- you know, I got to the point. Uh, I'm ready to fall asleep. Uh, it got to the point before we started. I'm like, oh, hey, what's going? You know, I was like, something's off in here, and I like walked around the basement. And I was like, no. Is the Guardians are they so terrible that I'm smelling them? No, it's just the litter box. That's 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 where we are. Ouch, that's that's They're, rough. This offense is litter box. Okay, I can't I can't use other words, but this offense is a hundred percent litter box right now. And I mean, everyone was 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 litter box today. A whole lot. You're facing Mike Clevenger. Everyone was terrible. Everything stinks. Burn it all. Down. I'm kidding. Uh, we're mm-hmm. gonna. Well, there are there are some fun things to talk about internally. We'll get into that. I don't think you've. Are they fun though? Are they? today and every day. Hey, Joey Cantillo, Sean Rap. That's kind of fun. You like? It's two lefties we both like. That's that's some positives to pull. Um, everything else in this game though, um, I prefer cleaning my litter box. To in the words of Jamie Tart, it's poopé. Yeah. It's all poopé. All Let's throw some good pop. Ted Ted Lasso was great this week. Ted Lasso is great every week. I need to catch up. I need to. Ted Lasso makes me happy. The Guardians make me sad. Um, It's all terrible. It's all terrible. We rushed to go on and start recording while it. So full disclosure, recording in the top of the seventh. We started recording when Ahmed Rosario came up with the bases loaded and struck out. We, you know, we rushed to record because we're like, oh, maybe something good will happen. And no, we'll nothing good ever happens. We'll genuinely feel good about something, but no, it's not. Right now, and again, what drives me nuts with this is I'm sitting here looking at, you know, I have game day on because if I have the video fade on, I'll just lose my entire internet. But it's like, again, for this team, for, for a, a team that's, you know, no, you know, they have to live with their selectivity. It's like Ahmed Rosario is swinging at things that are outside the zone. Uh, even, you know, we got Andres Jimenez, Andres Jimenez, two of his, uh, they, again, for Ahmed, one out of seven pitches he faced, fi- pitches he faced was in the zone. So far for, um, for Andres, it's, uh, he's at one out of eight pitches in the zone and he's got a full count. With he's one out of eight in the zone. Yeah, he's I know he, pitches, but he did, and so did Ahmed. But at the same time, like maybe lay off the one, like like his seventh, the seventh pitch, his foul. That should have this should have been a three two count before the eighth pitch. Like that one was a yeah. darn near foul. I mean, and there we go with the uh, okay, good, another foul. But yeah, it's just everything's terrible. It's all terrible. I wish I had anything positive to say offensively, but they are just offensive. Which part do we want to start with? Like, I, I've got a big, big issue with uh, some of the things that occur with this team and the approach. 
you know, we were talking beforehand, uh, you know, the, the value of a hitting coach is, is overstated, but it just feels like this team is making zero adjustments. Yeah, I think the value of a hitting coach is to look at each guy and and yeah, try to make make, make adjustments. Well, not make adjust. Yeah, make adjustments, but to analyze and be like, okay, look at what has made them successful or what what they do well. Because any more hitting coach, you look at two things. You're helping a guy. This is why you have like two guys. This is why you had like you know Victor yeah. Rodriguez and 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 he's not here anymore. But Justin Tooley was one of the guys. Yeah, I feel um, like they're missing those guys who aren't here. The guys that they lost, I, like. I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, last year, look, last year, everybody wanted to sing Chris Valaika's praises because uh, the, the offense, even though it was mediocre at the end of the oh, year, it was, it was it was literally middle of the pack. But like, you know, you're, okay, you expect your hitting coach. A, there's a lot more, anal, uh, I don't want to say analytics is not the right word. I actually would say most biomechanical. You're looking at movement patterns. This is, this is how being a hitting coach has evolved. You're not just looking at Oh, your swing is, you know, you're pulling off. And yeah, there's like mechanical things you look at, but it's body, it's body, it's biomechanics, it's movement patterns. It's, you know, you're not, you're not starting your lows soon enough. Your, your hands are drifting back. It's all those little mechanical things. You're looking to see how guys can best use their body to get themselves in the hitting positions. Like the way, the best way I've ever heard it explained was, was Junior Batances last year, a couple of years ago in Akron, and it had to do with Oscar Gonzalez. And it was talking about how he was getting more hand and hip separation because it allowed him to react to breaking balls better. So he was out front on breaking balls way too often. And he, you know, found a way to keep his weight back, which is, you know, a big part for hitters. And it allowed him to, to react to breaking balls, but still be prepared for fastballs. And that worked for him accurate. That's why he was able to make his, you know, major league debut in 2022. Uh, hasn't really carried over this year, unfortunately, for the most part. And, and we're not shocked by that. I mean, maybe he'll get it back. Maybe he won't, but it was always a risky profile, but yeah, hitting coaches anymore. Like you're looking at scouting reports for, for Mike Clevenger, Lance Lynn, and you're saying, here's what you can do to be successful against what this guy does. And here's how he might attack you. And here's your body, your, your biomechanics, your body movement profile and what you need to do. Like, I don't know, because my whole thing with, with Ty Van Berkeley was this. Everybody didn't like the guy. And I want to be careful how I say this, but I think there is an element of ageism that comes into this. Like we talk about older guys, especially this applies to Tito and applies a lot of things in in the world right now talking about, you know, age and how they can't keep up. But like you can, if you choose, I think we've seen with our own media media coverage here, um, you know, someone like Zach, who is, fantastic and knows this stuff before I know it. And I consider myself someone who's analytical and explains it so well. Uh, And then you think about others and I'm not going to name names. If you know, you know that there's two prominent guys who probably struggle to understand what on base percentage is, let alone launch angle or expected Woba. Okay. Going back though, my whole point was like with, with Ty Van Berkeley is you can't give him flank steak and expect filet mignon. Like you can't give him Oscar Mercado and Bobby Bradley was just called up. Uh, he wasn't Bradley Zimmer and, and you know, all these other guys that have been, that have been around for a couple of years, just were not good hitters. And you think, well, why aren't they hitting? It's the pitching coach's fault. Well, you know, how do you, how do you expect someone to give you a, a four course meal with, with, with cat food? Like you just can't. And I'm not saying Chris, I mean, these guys aren't great hitters either. Let's be honest. Like the line the guardians have is very, is very slanted to one type of player. You're trying to balance it out, hoping for power with 
Josh Bell, Mike Zeno, that's failing right now. And it's it's May May 18th. So, you know, we said it yesterday. They were, they were lucky to be in the division they're in because otherwise they'd be buried right now. But yeah, they'd be done. And maybe maybe that buys them enough time for guys like Bell and, and Zanino to, to find their hot streaks and get out of it. But you're you're leaning on one prototype of hitter and without this lineup. And maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. And and guess what? We're gonna find out because there's nowhere else to go. Like you could eventually you know, hope to inject George Valeri into it, who's a, who's a somewhat different type of hitter. This is why people were upset about the Nolan Jones trade, and, and they fell, they they fell. I don't want to say fell in love, but they they leaned towards a, a preference of guys like Will Brennan and Oscar Gonzalez, and faded away from from Nolan Jones. And they turned him into a hitter that they already have in their system. Like guy, you know, he's not a yeah. Juan Brit- Brito. I like him, but he's not that much different than the guys they already have. Plus, he's in high A on the forty man roster, so like it's weird management. So. For better or for worse, you have collected a lot of this archetype, and you got to find out if if 2022 is a fluke or if these guys are just all going through sophomore slumps regression at the same time, well, and you could find a way to bring them out of it I, or get them to adjust to the big league level. It's it's more than that, though. And I'll give you an example of how I know it's more than that. There are 260 hitters in baseball this year, um, 260. If you rank them by launch angle, uh, Juan Segura and Tim Anderson are the only ones with negatives. Hey, Jesus Segura hits who him runs the other day. Just saying. Yeah, Lars Newtbar is at two fifty eight. Uh, Nick Madrigal two fifty seven. Alejandro Kirk we talked about two fifty six. And they loved Nick Madrigal. Remember? Yeah. Well, I mean, I did too. I can't. Uh, mm-hmm. but uh, Josh Bell two fifty five. His launch angle is two point four this year. And he's talked about it. He's talked about when his and like launch angle is bad, he gets in trouble. He's, he, he was, aware of it. He was an eight point four last year. League average is a 12.1 if you're curious. So that's like, yeah, he had the hardest hit ball tonight for the guardians and most nights he does, but it doesn't matter. It's like I get people who sometimes, and this is Ty, Ty Freeman's been fine tonight, but I get people like, Hey, he is hitting the ball 109 miles an hour. It doesn't matter. Cause his launch angle is eight degrees. Like it doesn't matter if you're hitting the ball hard when your launch angle is that low. Uh, if you're curious, Jose Ramirez is 16th. He does have a good launch angle. He's over 20. 23rd is Mike Zanino. Explain. Can't, can't make contact. So, people what is good at launching. So, as the Guardians when, when you're doing, by the way. Yeah. Uh, hey, they got one run. Thanks Ooh, to a walk. Thanks to a walk. Let's cut the cake. Like, you know, Love it's it's candles. ridiculous. I mean, pop up, strike out, and I don't even care. It was a walk. A walk drove in the run. No, I know a walk. And then uh, what? Will Brandon struck out. Yeah. You know, All right. Pretty, let's, let's two, say. Two, three, four. Yeah, but I'll explain. Say, uh, I'll like explain launch angle after uh, we come back from the the break here. But uh, yeah, well, I'll explain what it means. Why a two point four is incredibly worrisome. And again, like they need to be on that. Like that that to me is a sure sign of not being quick enough to adapt. Because a two point four being a historical low for Josh Naylor and one of the worst in all of baseball. Bell. Uh, that shouldn't be happening. Josh Bell. Did I say Naylor? I'm gonna say yeah. Bell. No, no. But. Don't crap on Naylor. He's already hurt. We need him. Uh, he's fourth in launch angle on this team at 111th in baseball. So we'll get into that. But this is an important thing, and it's part of kind of why they're failing. So I'm going to explain why this offense is failing. Uh, one of the many myriad reasons, because when you're historically bad, there's a lot of reasons that you are pooping in the cat litter box, which is what this offense is right now. I'm still wearing my bird dogs. Uh, and hey, look here. If you sign up for bird dogs, this is, if you're looking on TV, this is the free thermos you get when you uh, use our code. 
I couldn't find a, if it was machine washable, but I did wash it in the machine perfectly fine. Recommend top shelf. And these are top shelf pants. See what I did there? Uh, I enjoy them. They're very comfortable. And I think the best thing I can say about them is they look good. So you can wear them out in public. No one's going to notice or say anything. But they're comfortable enough if you want to sleep in them. They're pajama pants as well. It's the full gamut. It's like having fancy sweatpants that nobody knows are sweatpants. Uh, I am very tempted to use our promo code. Get a second thermos. And go get some of the long pants. Get some pants I can wear to school. And people think that I'm walking around in dress pants. And instead, no, I'm in comfort. I am feeling comfortable. So head to Bird Dogs today. Uh, and specifically, go to birddogs.com slash MLB. I'm, I'm debating doing this. And when you enter the code LOCKDOWN, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dog Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Which, I like my tumbler, obviously. I'm using it. I love these pants. They got silly names, but they're very comfortable. And if you can stomach things on Wednesday afternoon, your hometown call of the Guardians and the White Sox at 2.10 p.m. Eastern, Logan Allen and Dylan Cease, Tom Hamilton and Jim Rosenhaus on the Sirius XM dial search Guardians to catch all of the action. All right, Jeff, continue. Remind me who may not be sacked. Well, um, just, you know, sorry. remind them about, okay, why, <sighs> why? Explain what a good launch angle is. Okay, and, so... I'm gonna, I have a follow-up after you finish that, too. Physics, okay? When, or even just... Science! Bat. Woo! Science. Ball, this is my bat. I swing. If I'm swinging low, like at a negative launch angle, I'm going to knock the ball into the ground. If you're not watching this, I'm sorry. You're missing me swing a pen. But if you connect at the wrong point with a bad launch angle, you hit the ball in the ground. It doesn't go anywhere. Negative launch angle, really bad. If you hit with a minor launch angle, it's going to go straight, but it's just going to go straight and fast, and that's fine. When you get some loft, the launch angle revolution, and your league average is about 12.1, most home runs are closer to 20. Over 15 is considered good. So you get that. You're using your you – know, this is all body motion mechanics. It's the idea that like as long as you can do this body and maintain patterns, your, yeah. you know, your whole swing, that loft is going to get better outcomes. Um, so when you barrel a ball, which is hit in the right part of the bat, hit it over hundred miles an hour and hit it over that 15%. Most of those are extra base hits, if not home runs. And the problem right now is, you know, this team. So again, listen, Mike Zanino can't make contact to save his soul. If his, if his, um, all of his family members lives were on the line, he would probably still not be able to foul off a ball right now. I understand that. I say this as someone who wanted this team to sign him. So I'm just going to be honest. But he's at least second on this team in launch angle. At uh, He's t- 23rd in baseball, and it's at a 19.4. Yeah, Jeff, his launch angle can't go down when you don't make contact. It just yeah. stays what it was but, when he was I mean, making he's, contact. Is, isn't he still tied for the team lead in home runs, even though he hasn't made contact in a month? Yeah. And and yeah, you know what? So. Coming in tonight, too, this was so sad. So, you know, Joe, no Josh Naylor, no Jose Ramirez. Yeah. Uh, the Guardians had 10 home runs as a – I think it was 10 or 11 home runs as a team in the lineup tonight. If you them all up. 10. Luis Robert has 12. Jake Luis Robert Ber- had more home runs on his own than the Guardians had in their entire lineup. Jake, Jake Berger missed three years of baseball after being drafted, was thought mm-hmm. to be like done for as a player, uh, came back in 2021 in limited roles, was not guaranteed a starting spot this year for the White Sox, uh, and he's got 10 home runs. And he's and got he one tonight. Two- Two, yeah, I was gonna say he's got two of the series, Gavin. Shields, um, yeah. but so again, you go down third on this team. I can't is is Naylor fourth, Stephen Kwan at 13.3, which is not a good sign because that means he's his I he has the a bottom 10 ISO for those who don't know that's isolated power, it's 
kind of a way to determine like you know power patterns and like it's, if a guy's it's, hit, it's slugging percentage minus batting minus average. batting average so it's just the power yeah. part which means that yeah. uh Quan is either not barreling or not hitting for any uh any exit below yeah. so he is and, he's actually got a decent launch and then Jimenez is next and then after that it's everyone else is is well below that league average 12 and that's an issue and look I I want to be careful or not I'm going to be fair here too you because they said the slasher and it does make sense. This is, you don't want to take a cookie cutter approach to coaching anybody no. because that's, that's what's been so good about, about pitching for them is that they do not develop pitchers with a cookie coach cookie cutter approach. And you can't do that to hitters. I'll bend, uh, I almost called them bench sheets. I miss bench sheets. Gavin sheets just got tossed out of the game. So that was a, that was the highlight of the night watching that. You don't want to take a cookie cutter approach to coaching the hitters too, because you can't, Force guys whose skill sets don't allow them to do this. To do it. I yeah. there's an argument online a few weeks ago about saying, "Oh, these guys need more home runs." I don't think you want Stephen Kwan or Miles Straw or and he can't like his, his launch angle is good, but he's at two percent for barrel, so he never hits a good part of the ball. So and he's nine percent on exit velocity, so you got to hope he hits gaps like he did tonight. Right, you don't want those guys swinging for the fences, but the only thing that matters here is like you need Bell too. Bell can't be at two point four. Yeah, that, yeah. That, well, he needs to be sitting for home runs. That's the yeah. problem. His swing just looks very disjointed. Like, he is just slamming the ball on the ground, or he's popping it up. And If it's a 2.4, he's basically just doing a swing, a straight swing. It's like yeah. he's getting no, no turn, no torque. He knows it's an issue, and they know it's an issue. And It's a negative attack angle. That's what you were yeah. talking about before. It's When you have a negative attack angle with the bat, a they call it a vertical uh, barrel angle, it, it knocks the ball on the ground. So... That's great if you can hit the ball 100 miles an hour or more, but you know if you're hitting it at the second baseman all the time, it doesn't really matter. Um, but like I said, you don't like you don't want Stephen Kwan, you don't Miles Straw, trying home runs, and that's the problem with this team is you have a bunch of guys where you don't want them swinging for the fences, but you're relying on a lot of variance on, on balls in play. Like how many times last year did they hit the ball in the Bermuda Triangle between the in that corner between short left and third base converging that dropped. Like they scored a lot of runs that way. Jose Ramirez got the du- doubles that way. Quan got doubles that way. Guys who are fast, they get extra bases that way. Um, that's great, but it, it, you know, it's, it's a lot of luck and variance in building your team around that type. You know, everybody I mean, can go cold. This is what we talk about in the playoffs. Everybody yeah. can go cold. Everybody can go hot. How many guys, I asked you before the show, how many guys are out of baseball because all they could really do was hit an 88 mile an hour ground at a third base? Like that's great. You don't you make contact. You only strike out. And it know, doesn't ten- matter honestly if it's 88 or 188. Like if it's a grounder to the third base, it's a grounder to the third base. Like it doesn't well, help you if it's got extra velocity. But like if your launch angle is is, is poor, like again, it doesn't matter as much. Uh, but like it's just as a team. Listen, and anyone who's listened to the show, I just celebrated my fourth year anniversary here, which means this is my fifth year doing this, knows, listen, I've been lower on, on Tyler Freeman. I've been lower on Francisco Mejia. I've been lower on every type of guy who's exactly what this team is. There were a around. lot of reasons to be low on Mejia, not just... There were, but like I also... Approach. But just from a baseball from a baseball perspective, these guys, what is the common ground? It's like none of them really walk at a high rate. None of them have power. You're talking double singles and relying on contact. And you can go back even further. When I first started the show and I was like, I have concerns that Oscar Mercado after a great rookie year 
you know, he was very streaky and then there were signs that maybe that wasn't going to hold up because he is based on contact and that's it. And that's a scary profile. And this team has built, you know, in lots of teams, you know, went all in on contact the past few years, but they need, there's, you know, Oakland was another one, but you know what? Brent Rooker is helping balance that out. Ryan Noda is helping balance that out. This team didn't do, you know, Josh Bell and Mike Zanino were supposed to be the balance and instead they've been not good. I mean, right now it looks like you're going to be stuck with Bell for next year. If he can't fix this, he's not going to opt out and he's not going to be good enough to, to move or do anything with. And, you know, and again, I, I want to say this because I keep getting pushback. If Bo Naylor, I, I don't know what the catching metrics are this team uses. Everyone has their own internal system. If Bo Naylor was viewed to be ready, he'd be up. So I don't think it's, it's necessarily about anything else. I don't know what they're looking for. I don't know the specific things they track and want. But I think right now with where they are with this team, with some of the issues, if someone was ready, if someone could help, I think they would be up. So Zanina is going to be there for a little bit longer. I do want to advocate for bringing Kevin Plawecki back, who has been pretty decent and just uh, let go by the Nationals. Cam Gallagher, I can't say he's been fine. He did what he was needed to do, but he has been not good. So uh, that that's a small move I'd like to see. But I mean, in, in general, like this team is not, they're all doing the same things that have not been effective for the last month and a half. And the no one's making good barrel contact. And that's like almost across the board. Like everyone's having career lows for barrels um, or just, you know, a really low rate for it. And I mean, it, it's, it's bad. And yeah, it, don't go look at Mike Zanino's page. Just don't, don't do that to yourself uh, on baseball. So lot. I've never seen so many first percentiles. <laughs> well, I got some thoughts, additional thoughts on Bo Naylor from some video I watched today. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Talk about some rehab assignments. We'll talk about uh, a couple promotions, pitchers coming back, and the way this game is uh, dragging on as we record. So we still have a lot to cover before the, uh, the Guardians fade quietly into the night. My famous last words. Well, if you got Jake Berger, if you got Gavin Sheets, although he just got tossed out of the game before we started recording, uh, you would have had some pretty good cards in So Rare, a revolutionary fantasy baseball game in the marketplace transforming you into an owner with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from all 30 MLB teams. Uh, these games happen twice weekly and span in a three to four day cycle. And at the end of the week, MLB managers who rank at the top of their leaderboards can win a variety of rewards, which can include scarcity cards, game tickets, merch, signed jerseys, VIP experiences. Prices will depend on the competition. So head to SoRare.com slash Lockdown. That's S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards. Set your lineup, start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, SoRare.com. Slash locked on to start playing today. Set your lineup with uh, maybe some White Sox hitters tomorrow because I got one note for you, Jeff. Here, um, the White Sox they already hit the ball well this week against the Guardians, but uh, they are typically not a good hitting team against right handers. They nope. have low average um, offense against right handers, but they have an above average offense against left handers this year. Logan Allen goes on. Thursday at two o'clock. You can listen to that on Sirius XM. If you got some White Sox on your so rare team, might be a good day to start them against Logan Allen. I hope not, but uh, the season says so far it is good. 
Can I can I throw out one more depressing advanced stat? Uh, oh no, I can't take it anymore. Ready, uh, Andres Jimenez. Oh no, fir- first percentile in hard hit rate, first percentile in average exit velocity, uh, seventh in expected slugging, tenth percent in walk. He wasn't a big walk guy a year ago, but I mean, he at least had, you know, the in, in per- those other ones were not high. They were in the twenties and thirties, but it's a pretty big gap to go from thirty to one. And his just his uh yeah, I mean the like you know, as it says there, regression. Why is he regressed? Well, he's you know, you look at it, it's a bunch of small numbers that have changed, but it's enough to be huge results. So the slugging percentage is just 51st percentile for expected slug a year ago, seven right now. I mean, he is I love it, Andre. I was very excited for that extension, but oh my goodness, he is he's looking like the Andre of two years ago, unfortunately. The one who ended up in triple A, not the one who uh was an all-star a year ago. Yeah, it's rough. I mean, he's still punishing fastballs, but guess what? Teams are throwing him less fastballs because why would they, right? That's part of the issue here. I mean, he is he's seeing okay, so last year he saw 40% fastballs. It's down to 35% all of his damage this year. He sinkers good, sliders. Not great. Anything that moves or bends or breaks is pretty bad with with Andres. And um, he did it okay. Well, not really. He got kind of lucky against curveballs a year ago, according to X stats. So yeah, teams figured out. Hey, throw don't throw the fastball as much anymore. And he is out in front on changeups a lot. And look, you'll have to adjust back. And this is where we talked. We started the show with with hitting coaches and adjustments. And I don't know. I mean, look, you can't you can't fire 26 players at a time. That's why managers and coaches get fired in every sport. doesn't matter if it's baseball or whatever. But obviously, you're not going to fire the hitting coach on May 18th of no. his second, no. second season. Especially and I don't think else. his his interview with Zach, again, was one of the most terse, terrible interviews I've seen recently. It sounded that didn't help. bad. Yeah. yeah, no, it didn't help. But, yeah, I mean, you just got to – look, th- this team is built with what it is. It, we, we, we said this weeks ago, and it's it's sad that – Nothing has changed, but we said no big changes are coming. Like you might hope that George Valera gets to triple A and he starts hitting, which he hasn't been great so far, but he's been walking and he's hit a couple of hard baseballs. Which is and similar we'll, to a story from last year. Yeah. Will Brennan yeah. Is, is has been better the last couple of days. He so. actually has a a red rate, an expected red rate, uh in uh for you know, again, people get mad at stats, but uh, you know, when you're going through and seeing almost everyone being dark blue, expected batting average for Brennan is sixtieth percentile in baseball right now. So and slowly red is is feeling good. Yeah. So yeah, they're just gonna have to they have to figure it out. And I know we keep, you know, beating a dead horse here. They're in a bad division. The twins lost to the Dodgers and you get swept by the White Sox, sure doesn't help because the White Sox looked like a laughing stock a few weeks ago, and now they're going to be feeling really good about themselves after they sweep the Whites or the Guardians this week. If they, I mean, uh, the Guardians could win on Thursday, but you know, I don't. The way things are going, it doesn't seem very likely. Um, yeah, I mean, all you do is have time, and you have a team of guys that uh, that did it last year, but now there's pressure. I, it, it, again, we're beating a dead horse. I don't know what more we can say. And and back to the Bo Naylor point, too, and you're right about, about it's weird because you would normally say, okay, they don't want to call this guy up and sit him on the bench, but they've had Tyler Freeman up and he barely exists. They've had David Fry up, he barely exists. So, like, it's hard to sit there and say, yeah, they want to call him up and they want to play him. They don't want to sit him on the bench. That's been Gabby and Nolan and everyone else they've called up. They have had no problems 
Good and look, that was that was one of my concerns coming into the year. Look, uh, usually we have a lot more. Tito likes here, his so vets. We may have to do a YouTube special, Jeff, where we uh, we cut off the audio at, at half hour and then we do a YouTube so. bonus because the way this is going. But <sighs> um, gosh, where was I at? Yeah, I was concerned coming into the year because yeah, usually a contending team has a Brandon guy or a Ryan Rayburn. And I know people didn't really like Mike Avilas, but you have those guys on the bench that generally Jordan Luplo, like you have your bench with those guys who play a specific role and help you in a specific way. And this team doesn't have that. All you have is, I'm not saying that there's nothing wrong with Tyler Freeman that we shouldn't see him. Like, you know, you and I aren't like super high on his I mean, overall ceiling, but there's no reason they shouldn't, he shouldn't be playing. I, I think he's a med Rosario. I, I'll be yeah, honest. no, that's, that's that was my that's comp. Fine. I think he is what we've seen. I think he's going to be, you know, a two, two and a half win league average shortstop so, is maybe a little below average defensively at short, but could be, but the upside to him is he could probably actually play another position. He could play second and be a plus defender. Yeah. He could, you know, occasionally flex to third. He's valuable. I just, this team is not, is not a lefty masher away from being good. Like just because if they were to find a Ryan Rayburn or a Jordan Luplo somehow, this team isn't going to turn around because of that. Cause that's one little element, but I'm just saying like those teams had good matchup guys and they had guys on the bench that could play in a role and they knew, and they knew how to play in their role. And it's hard to do that with a young player, with a Tyler Freeman, with the Gabby Arias. And this is the point I've been saying too, is get as Tyler Freeman for all, whatever, whatever things you may not be excited about, about his profile. He had good at bats tonight. He hit the ball hard a couple of times. Uh, I know he did swing and miss a couple of fastballs. Yeah, the last two, last two, not, were okay, they, two. They were not pretty, but no, I think he is more. I said this for you, <laughs> but compared to others, it, it was the Mona Lisa. He's he's more equipped to be able to not play for a week and come in and get a hard hit like he did the one at bat at least. Whereas Arias is not built for that. But that's all this team is filled with because it's got so many prospects and so many young guys not even age like chances and people already get already give up on Gabby Arias and even though. It always felt like he was never going to reach his potential because of the swing and miss. Like a year ago, everybody wanted that guy to play. Guess what? He's he's had like forty at bats this year, and everyone's like, "Ah, all right, we're done with him. Let's see Tyler Freeman." And when he he's comes up and wrong approach, and yeah, when he comes up and has forty at bats, and he barely is hitting except for once a week, you're like, um, "Okay, let's move on." Like you can't keep doing that. So this team just lacks veteran role players. There's nobody in that clubhouse that's that's trying to keep things going and has been, th- I mean, you've got Jose and you've got Bieber. That's about it. Like Josh Bell, he's not really been on a ton of contending teams, at least now where he's played uh, well. Just the Padres. That's the only one. And he was garbage with the Padres. Yes. Mike Zanino, you know, has been on, oh, geez, they just fell out of triple to the White Sox. That's embarrassing. Um, yeah, I mean, Jake, Zavala. Jake, oh, it's no, no, Berger. no. Jake okay. Berger with the triple there. All right. Well, we still need to discuss. Noted speedster. Yeah. We need to discuss Aaron Savali's rehab, McKenzie's rehab, Joey Cantillo. We need to discuss um, one other guy in the minors. We're going to do that all on YouTube. So if you're listening right now, um, head over to YouTube to catch the bonus part of the show. And as the Guardians uh, roll on to lose the rest of this game, possibly. So yeah, thanks for so, listening on the audio. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll just do the sign out so we can just hard date this time, which is go, go, Guardians, go. <laughs>